Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And a timeout called by the Cardinals because the play clock was winding down. That's their last timeout. Tyler Murray caught on camera. He is screaming at the sideline and... I don't know who that was directed at. It looks like it's Cliff Kingsbury. In fact, Kyler is still yelling at Cliff. D-Hop and Sean Jefferson have to step in a little bit. It was all part of how the first half ended. And looking back on it, it was an incredible sequence of events the last three, three and a half minutes of the first half last night because you had Kyler Murray's fourth down conversion. On fourth and one, barely gets it, but he gets it. First and goal from the two. Cliff has to burn a timeout. They're final of the half. Kyler starts barking at Cliff. The very next play is the touchdown run to Keontae Ingram, the first of his career. Then it was the Marco Wilson pick six. Then it was the Isaiah Simmons pick six. All of that, all of that happened in the span of about two and a half minutes of game clock action last night. And it was just, it, it, there was so much going on in that moment. Now, you were at the game. It was probably hard to keep up with everything because it was all happening really, really fast at that yeah. point. But in the middle of it all was the spat between Kyler and Cliff that now we Which, have to talk about. We didn't really see that from being up in the press box. It wasn't until after. It was like, hey, you know, I think Tyler Drake, who was sitting next to me, said, hey, look at this. And, oh, wow. And like, okay, yeah, okay. Look what he's, you know, you knew exactly what he was saying. When you saw it, but we didn't see that after the timeout. You know, after the timeout, you you know you, you tend to look at your notes, you do something, you don't follow Kyler Murray to the sideline to see what he's saying with Cliff. But obviously, they had a spat. Now I, let, let's talk about it because some people think that oh, immature Kyler and Ky- just ragging on Kyler for 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 the, the, that type of behavior. Listen, it's not appropriate. I wish it didn't happen, but I don't think it's the biggest thing in the world. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, it showed some fire, but for Kyler, you, yeah, I, it's it's probably a little bit of a lack of respect for sure. It is your head coach and stuff like that, but many, Tom Brady's yelled at many people. Maybe not Bill Belichick, but he's yelled at many people. <laughs> and and it was just in the moment, timeout, Cliff, you know, Cliff's trying to get a play. Kyler says he's not going to be able to run the play. But in the grand scheme of things, Bernsey, I don't think this really affects them going forward. I don't think this is something like, you know, like the Monty D.A. spat. I think this is a little bit different than that, right? That was more of a, you know, a benching, and I'm not going to play you, and uh, that. Like, if you look at the, if you look at that that spot, right? Let's just compare the two. Okay, Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton compared to Kyla Murray and and Cliff. I think they're totally different, both in the heat of the moment. But you know, one was the team was getting blown out, and he didn't go cover a guy at the three point line, and his coach got on him, and he got on the coach, and the other one was just you know just fire, like we didn't get the play in and we're trying to score this touchdown so i do think they're somewhat different i i I, it's funny i so i hadn't thought about that comp but i'm thinking about it now and i think i think the the differences for me and this is my opinion here but i think the differences for me is that because that was potentially deandre ayton's last moment as a phoenix son i mean we didn't know how things were going to play out in that moment I remember thinking to myself, my gosh, is that going to be a reason why he's not back? Is that going to be a reason why he's not here next year? If that's what comes to pass with all this, not knowing how it was going to turn out. Whereas nobody thinks that with Cliff and Kyler. Cliff's not going anywhere. Kyler's not going anywhere. That might have changed if they lost last night. So I think I think there's that. And I think number two, 
I, I don't know. I, nothing against basketball. I, I, I just think that football lends itself to a little bit more shouting and a little bit more yelling than maybe that. I mean, that by the time yes. by the time Monty and Da were yelling at each other, that game was over. That series was over. That season was over. It was done. Right. It was it was over. Everything. And, was, uh, but, and but we question that. Like I don't question the relationship between Cliff and Kyler going forward. Like like they're fine. Like they'll be fine. Like they'll 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 get over it. Like Monty and Da. Like they didn't talk the whole time. Yeah. It was six months, five months. They didn't talk. It was like oh, you know, you don't gotta have that with Kyler and Cliff. They got. They got a game in 10 days. I, okay, and I get that. But that might be the one part of the story where I disagree with you a little bit. In that this is the second time now we've seen this caught on tape. Now, I agree with you wholeheartedly, completely. I don't really think this is that big of a deal. And so I'm not going to like psychoanalyze every single part about what happened last night between the two of them. It's a football game. It happened. They yell at each other, whatever. But I went back in my notes, and, and the same thing happened during the Carolina Panthers game. Not to like this extreme, but... But the, the TV cameras caught them yelling at each other. Remember, it was after that game that Cliff made the, the joke about you know, they were arguing about what they were going to have for the postgame dinner, and it's going to be salmon. Oh, yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. And it's like right. you kind of roll your eyes and go, whatever. If this becomes like an every other week or an every week thing where cameras are catching Cliff and Kyler yelling at each other, okay, then it's a thing. Then it's, but that's where maybe, uh, I mean, that's where, and again, I mean, there's a few different ways that 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 you can look at this, and I understand it from from different you know perspectives. But for me, you know, I, I thought it was a little over the top by Kyler. But this is where maybe DeAndre Hopkins or JJ Watt sit him down and say, "Hey, listen, he's our coach." You know, and I know you're angry and you're upset and you, you're frustrated and all of that stuff. But let's 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 keep it professional. Let's 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 not make this a, a normal thing. Let's not make this an occurrence that's going to happen four more times this year. And that's where maybe the leadership has to step in. I don't know that it's Cliff going to him and saying, "Hey, don't you know? Don't don't do that. Don't you know? Don't challenge me like." But I think the leaders on the team could go to Kyler and say, "Hey, listen. Not know if Kyler's going to listen to him, um, but I think it's worth it for J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins to say, "Look, it's a bad look. I mean, it's not." more than a bad luck. It's not going to affect their relationship, but it's not something we, we want to portray as an organization. Yeah, and, and as long as that happens or as long as it doesn't happen every week, then I, then I, I don't think it's that big of a deal, and I, I don't think but I, I one other thing about it too, I yeah. think it would have been a much bigger deal had they lost last night. Now, if they lose... Yeah, then people will be point to the read. That could be a reason why. And, yeah. they, and they're shouting at each other like that, or, or at least Kyler is shouting at Cliff like that. You know as well as I do, that is getting a whole lot of more play today than it is otherwise. I mean, now whole lot more. we can just casually dismiss it as, oh, that's football. That's, that's the spirit of competition. That's two guys who want to win, blah, 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 blah. All the cliches, right? They had lost that game. That's a big deal. That's a big deal, and we're probably talking almost every hour about, okay, what's wrong? Are the quarterback and the coach okay? Are they on the same page? Is, is Are things not well between them? But because they won, that kind of smoothed that over a little bit. I, I, again, you're right. Stuff like that, have Tom Brady, man, he can't go a week without yelling at somebody on his sideline right now. But it, it, to be honest with you, like things shouldn't be that well between them. Those are two very highly paid guys that are figured with getting this offense going, and for the first five weeks of the season, the offense scored three points in the first quarter. 
Like, it shouldn't be great. Like, everything shouldn't be great with those two. It should be That's a good way of like, looking at it. You're right. It, yeah. It should, there should be a little creative tension going on between Cliff and Kyler right, right now. Cause I'm relying on you well. to give me good plays to, 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 that can work so we can score touchdowns. And Cliff's like, I'm giving you good plays. You're not seeing the open guy. Like, they should be. They shouldn't be on like great right now. They're not scoring 40 points a game, and they're in first place in the NFC West. They're in last place in the NFC West. They have a losing record. Their offense has been a disaster. Last night was the first time they scored 40 points in the Cliff Kingsbury era. Like, so I I don't think that things should be great between the two. I think there should be some tension based on the, fa- the failures that they have had. One thing's for sure, um, DeAndre Hopkins was asked about it after the game. And whatever you do, don't go to D-Hop for marital advice. Both of those guys want to win. I love to see that. Uh, I mean, honestly, I love being part of t- two, a team that two people are dedicated and that focused on winning. And obviously, you're going to butt heads. I'm not married, but from what I hear, that's like a marriage. You want to get into a fight with your wife on a Friday night? Walk up to her and yell in her face, calm the bleep down. And you let me know how that works out for you. I'm sleeping with one eye open. <laughs> you, you, you let in me know. state. <laughs> you let me know how that marital conversation goes when you walk up to your spouse and say, will you just calm the bleep down? Calm the bleep down. Yeah, good luck. Good luck to you. Good luck to all. Good luck to your, everybody in your house if you do that to your wife. I'm, my, my, I'm my. sleeping with I'm sleeping with body armor on and one eye open. I'm, I'm sleeping in a hotel. I'm somewhere else. I'm yeah. like that. I'm, I'm in, just you know what? In a different in Colorado. Yeah, exactly. In a different state. Yeah, I'm going somewhere else. So yeah, that no, doesn't 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 work that way. D Hop, we appreciate it. Now, enough about the spat with his head coach. Let's talk about how we played on the field. Kyler and his. Pre- performance last night. How do we judge it? That's next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He's John Gambador. I'm Dave Burns. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with us here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're the Burns and Gambo show on this Friday. We've got a bonus edition Burns and Gambo Sons and the Trailblazers tonight at 7 o'clock. You'll hear it here on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. But, of course, we're still talking about the Cardinals and their win last night against the Saints. Now, there was probably this thought that, that DeAndre Hopkins was going to come back like he did last night and was going to make absolutely everything better. And on a lot of fronts, Gambo, he did make a lot of things better. The offense clearly flowed better. DeAndre Hopkins certainly was targeted a ton, as we expected him to be. Played 14, a ton. right? Yeah, 14. The next closest guy was five, and that was Eno. Uh, I mean, the other one, I don't think there was another wide receiver who had more than two targets throughout number the whole Number two night. guy was out. Your number three guy was out. I mean, you make an argument your number four guy was out. I yep. mean... They leaned on. Know, so they went back to Dorch. So you... Your number two guy is Hollywood Brown. Your number three guy, probably Robbie Anderson. Your number four guy, A.J. Green. Your number five guy might be Antoine Wesley. That, that didn't have a whole lot. They didn't no, have a whole lot. They didn't have a, lo- a whole lot, but but certainly Kyler looked his way a lot. There were a lot of things that D-Hop made better last night. Kyler was better, but he's still not all the way back to what we would consider peak Kyler Murray levels, was no, he? No, he was good. But he wasn't great. Like, he was good. I like that he ran the ball. 
successful on a couple of those runs. Um, I don't have the stat with me. I wish I did. But, you know, when he runs the ball more than four times, they win. When he runs it four or less, they lose. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a middle ground in those numbers. Like when he, when it's nine or more, they almost never lose. When it's four or less, they almost never win. Right. So they're it, 10 and two. They're 10 and two when he runs it like nine or more, I think. Yes. And they're like, oh, 11 and one for and it, But the middle ground they're fi- they were 500. So maybe they're a game over 500 when he runs it seven times. Yeah, it's, it's something I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's something like that. It, seven rushing attempts for him is a very middle ground number. And usually their win loss record is like 500 when he's in that middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. So I like but he ran. He, he was successful running. I mean, he got Hopkins involved early and often. I mean, he made some plays when he had to. He didn't light it up. When I, nobody's looking at the game said, oh, Kyler Murray's one of the top 10 quarterbacks. Like, no, he was efficient. He was efficient. I give him a B. Right, uh, not a B plus, not an A. He he was efficient. He he did a good job. He had a fumbled snap. He picked it up, didn't lose it. Uh, but for the most part, they had three touchdown drives. Uh, that's good. I, I just didn't think it was great. He would he barely threw for what, like two hundred yards. He didn't throw for a whole lot of yards to do anything outstanding. He nope. still didn't hit a lot of big plays down the field. I mean, the biggest play they had was a run by you know Benjamin and a couple of runs by him. But he made some nice passes. I thought he had a he had a good game. And they can they can win. If they play good defense and if they run the football like they did yesterday and Kyler has a good game, they could be a successful team. Yeah, it's, I mean, 20 for 29, 204 yards. He had a passer rating of 100.4, which is fine. Seven carries, as you mentioned, for 30 yards. But it was, I... And maybe it was asking too much. In fact, it probably was asking too much to think that D Hop was going to come back and and he was great. But to think that he was going to bring great Kyler back with him, and maybe that will happen the more games they play since he's been gone for so long. Well, the more but, guys that come back, or the more guys Hop, that come if back. Gets, yeah, and if he gets Robbie Anderson, he gets his center back, and he gets it. Like it, it may take that. Now that Hopkins is back, it would be nice to get. I mean, can you imagine when they have Hopkins, Hollywood Brown? And Robbie Anderson, if Hollywood's able to come back, oh, that's yeah. pretty good. That's really good. And then Zach Ertz and Mick McBride, like then maybe you could see some, dyna- you know, dy- if he if he if he read the plays, he could see some dynamic offense. <laughs> well, and that's and that's kind of in part what we're waiting on here, right? I mean, it's been D Hopper, no, okay, it has been a year since we've been wowed by Kyler Murray. I mean, like, really just, whoa, look at that game he had yesterday. I mean, we, we've we mentioned it all the time. We probably make people sick of it. We mention it so much. But last year, over the course of the season, when you and I were doing the show, we come in here on a Monday, and you would just say, $40 million. That's the reason why he's going to get $40 million. Right there, that game that he had yesterday, he was special. He was awesome. He was incredible. That's why he's going to be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL. He has not had one of those games, and we're working on a year now. you know. And we're st- and Not that I expected it to happen last night, but I thought we were going to get closer to it last night, and I still don't feel like we're there yet. We, we still have a ways to go, and maybe it'll help when he gets the guys back. But I, I was thinking about that, too, when you were talking about that just a second ago. When you pay a guy a quarter of a billion dollars, you expect him to be special, right? And I think that's fair to expect Kyla Murray to be 
special when you say, okay, you're the franchise quarterback. Bang, we're giving you a ton of money. Go be that guy. And, and I and we just haven't seen it yet from him since he signed the contract extension. Man, there are so many quarterbacks that are going to get paid a lot of money that aren't going to be special. And that's the thing. It, not all of the guys that get paid that much money are going to be special. But yeah, do we expect it? You're damn right we do. Darn right. We damn right we do. The more money you make, the more pressure you are under to be a great player. And that's just the way of the world, my yep, friend. That's it. everything. That's it. And, and, and that's exactly it. And you're right. There are mistakes. There are plenty of guys who got paid the big money contract who busted out plenty of them but but Kyler's what seven games into his big money contract it hasn't even really kicked in yet in terms of the cap hit and how much it's going to be charged for uh, under the cap so it's you you want to you want to see you want to see Kyler make other guys around him great, not needing those guys around him to make him great. And I haven't seen that yet. I also want to see Kyler make Cliff great. That would be nice, too. I want him. Uh, you, you paused for a second there. I want to see him make Cliff great. I want him to really get this offense to the point where, okay, Cliff, Cliff's got a great offense here. They're, they're, they're scoring. They're moving. They're playing at a tempo. Like, they're going to be hard to stop. They're going to give defensive coordinators nightmares. Like, that. That's a lot of that's on Kyler to make Cliff look good. It's on Cliff to make Kyler look good, too, right? They kind of go hand in hand. But, yeah, we want to see him make all these other players around him better. I want to see him make Cliff look like a guy that the Cardinals were justified in giving a five-year extension to. Yeah, and fair or not, when you give a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, a quarter of a billion dollars, you expect it. That's you know, you damn near demand it, really. I mean, that's that's franchise quarterback money. Okay, go be the franchise quarterback. And and, and I look, I get it. He's missing a lot of guys. You just chronicled all the dudes he doesn't have out there, and there, there's some very important dudes that he doesn't have. But at some point, you you just you want that great game out of him, and and it hasn't happened. And it, it, I'll be really curious to see how many games we go into this season before you and I are in here on a Monday. I know today is Friday, but you know what I mean. Before you and I are in here on a Monday saying, ah, there it is. There it was. There's the great Kyler Murray game. That's the one we've all been with the the four touchdowns, no interceptions. He throws 75% of his passes, 340 yards. I mean, that great Kyler Murray game. How long will we have to wait this season before we get it? I, and Probably I don't know. Just a Minnesota game. Just throw at Patrick Peterson the entire game. You'll put up huge numbers. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. I like that. I like that a lot. That, that, that's good. You made me laugh, Campbell. That's funny. That's funny stuff. Adam Sandler, speaking of funny. It's coming to Footprint Center on December 11th. Tickets are on sale right now. You can win a pair of tickets right now by heading to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. The Arizona Cardinals finally established their running game, but is the guy who led the charge the new RB1 for AZ? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. It's football. Friday. Football. Friday. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo, presented by 72 Soul. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. All right, I'm really not sure how I feel about that. Just being honest. What's that? The thing we just played. That Friday thing. It didn't sound too good. I thought it might have been like Taylor Swift's new album or something that apparently like broke last night. I don't know. <laughs> I was right. You're at the game. 
So Amazon hypes the crap out of this, right? Coming up, third quarter, Taylor Swift, you know, and, and Taylor Swift comes on and says, boy, I think this is a little sneak preview of it. Here it is. I think everyone out there is going to recognize everybody who's in this video with me. And they played like 90 seconds of this video. I didn't recognize a soul. Not a damn blessed soul in that. It's like because you're old. No, no. Then they then I put they put up the and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's it's just because I'm old. I didn't recognize a single name. I didn't recognize a single person. You're young, Eric. I didn't even look at it, man. I saw, oh, Taylor Swift is on the screen? Sweet. Change I'm gonna the go, channel. I'm just going to go do something else, and I'll, I'll come back to this later. And it was so disingenuous on the broadcast, too. They're like, oh, we're all huge fans. Oh, yeah. Al, Al Michaels. I love, I love Al, and I love Kirk. But Al's like, yeah, I got a granddaughter. Big fan of Taylor. And Kirk was trying to play along like, like he was all about... Taylor Swift and uh, yeah, I, I, maybe maybe it is because I'm old, but I didn't I didn't recognize one face on the entire Taylor Swift video, not one. So getting old, Gambo, getting I old. Know. My wife just bought tickets to some concert. I don't know the greatest voice or something. I don't know. She, two tickets for some show coming up in like May. I'm like, all right, the I'll, greatest I'll go. voice. Like, like uh, I can't remember the guy's, what was the guy's name? Anyway, so it's like, you know, do you want to sit in seats or I can get us in the like the pit where you stand? And I'm oh. like, I like I don't, like, I don't care. Don't go to the pit, Gambo. In the pit, like, we're going in the pit. Like, so oh. she ended up getting the tickets that, uh, Louis Capaldi. Louis? Do you guys know him? Capaldi. Louis Capaldi. Capaldi. No. Sounds like a buddy of yours back from New York. <laughs> yeah, it does. It sounds like a buddy of mine. <laughs> He is yeah. a Scottish singer-songwriter. Yeah. According to Google. I don't know. I guess he's, like, she loves his music. So she bought, like, he's coming to town. So she bought, like, these tickets to see him. And I don't know any of his songs. And uh, I don't know any of them. Scottish singer-songwriter musician. He was nominated for the Critics' Choice Award at the 2019 Brit Awards. In March of 2019, his single, Someone You Loved, topped the UK singles chart, where it remained for seven weeks. And in November 2019, Someone You Loved. It reached number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It was nominated at the Grammy. Grammy Awards for Song of the Year in wow. 2020. Yeah, so um, yeah, so actually, I'm going to okay. be in the mosh pit for Louis Capaldi. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be in the mosh pit for Louis Capaldi. Start a fight. I'll be in there. All right, I'm in the pit. Stay, right. I don't even get a. I don't even get a seat. No, I'm thinking to myself as she's saying this. I'm like, man, I'm going to be 56 next month. You don't want to put me in a seat? And she wants. I want to. I want to stand. I want to go in the pit. I'm like, okay, great. Like you're 34. Like it's that's easy for you. Yeah, I'm I old. I want to sit down. All right, but but you know, again, if we're being, I'm just being honest with you, Gambo, as your friend and as your co-host for a decade plus, all the times you dragged her to America and Blue Oyster Cult, I know, uh, you, I know. you, this is, I know. you owe her this. this is payback. Oh, this is the, you owe her this, and you probably, frankly, owe her another one after this, and probably a couple of more. I'm sure on the concert scoreboard, you have, you've got a touchdown on her at least. I'm, I'm taking her out Elton John next month. And remember, Gambo, when she gets excited, just do not tell her to calm the bleeps out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mitch, that was...
is priceless, well Mitch. Done, Mitch. Well that done, Mitch. That was priceless. Do not tell her to. Both of those guys want to win. I love to see that. Uh, I mean, honestly, I love being part of two, two, a team that two people are dedicated and that focused on winning. And obviously, you're going to butt heads. I'm not married, but from what I hear, that's like a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, Chelsea, calm the bleep down. Yeah, don't do that. Mitch is right. Don't do Nobody's that. Don't be so loud she won't be able to hear me. But. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. You enjoy your Lewis Capaldi concert next spring sometime. You know it's a big deal when you're buying concert tickets for something that's like a year out. You know, eight months, nine months from now. That's always a really, really big deal. Um, all right, back to the Cardinals game and what happened last night. Eno Benjamin, I, I, I did the crosstalk with uh, Wolf and Luke earlier, and I really do believe this. I, I think there's always it, it's something a little bit extra special when the local guy does it. You're right, when the ASU guy does it. I think we've all been rooting a little extra for Eno these last couple of years to make an impact on this roster, make an impact on this team. It was nice to see him make an impact last night, but Cliff Kingsbury made Made it crystal clear after the game. Nothing about the running back depth chart has changed when it comes to the top. James is our starting running back. Yeah, he's a special, special talent. He can do a bunch for us. But uh, I've been really proud of Eno, and um, you know, he was getting touches uh, when James was healthy, and he'll continue to get touches. But to, to watch his development, like I said, along for the last three years, and then um, how he just keeps getting better and, and keeps answering the, the bell when his numbers called, it's, it's been been great to see. Twelve carries, yeah. ninety-two yards, and a touchdown. Six. 16 total touches for 113 yards, Gambo. 12 for 92? 12 for 92, yes, sir. You take out the 45-yard run, he had 11 for 47. Which is still pretty good. It's about four yards a carry. Yeah. It's still that's about four yards a carry. And then they, they bumped him up into 7.7. 7. Yeah, it's good. Like I'm saying, that's good. Okay. So um, uh, I, I think that he has elevated himself to the number two running back. I think that he has proven that that he is that guy runs hard. He catches the ball in the backfield. I think he did a really good job for them. I mean, I could see them, you know, moving on from D. Will. D. Will was a good insurance policy. Didn't cost them a lot of money, right? Veterans minimum um, to bring him in here just in case. Uh, but I think Connor's your guy. Like I want Connor to be the main guy. I don't want Eno to replace him right now because I think Connor's better. But I do think that Eno has played well enough to be the guy that should get the the second running back carries. No, I, I agree, and I don't. I don't think I, I'm glad. Cliff said it. I, I don't think he needed to. Um, I, James does need to be the number one guy. I worry about James's health, right? I mean, he got dinged up last year. He's dinged up this year, and I, I'm glad he's got a mini buy to get healthy here because you've got five games until the bye week. So hopefully, James Conner can come back and and be that force for them. But I like I like their options, and, and I'll be honest, I liked Keontae Ingram last night too. Now I know the numbers with him weren't as great and if you look at the box score you wouldn't be that impressed but there were two or three plays where he had the ball in his hands last night and and he the giddy up is there I mean you can see it he he's got some skills that he can bring to the table as well so I look that's a position where you're always going to have to cycle through guys right I mean they they get hit they get banged up they have to miss time depth of that position is very important so I like where the Cardinals are at James Conner still should be the number one guy, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if at some point this season you're going to need a no Benjamin to be the running back one on this team because James is going to have to miss a game or two here or there. I thought two. I thought there were two plays with the, with the young kid uh, from USC Keontae. I thought that he had a, he had a, a terrific 24 yard run. 
on the touchdown drive that made it 14-14, the one that he scored on from two yards out. He had a really nice run in that. Then there was a, a play where they, they – actually, they threw him the ball on that one. So they threw him the ball, and he had 24 yards on a pass, and then he scored on a two-yard run. And then the 11-yard run that we kind of thought was a touchdown, he cut it back. He, he had a nice cutback, and it ended up being first and goal at the one. He didn't get in, and it went backwards on the fumble, but then they scored on the pass to Dorch. That was a good play by him. So I think you see a reason. I mean, clearly you can see the reason why they elected to keep five running backs and to give him an opportunity because they like him. He can play. We're giving you the chance to win tickets to see undefeated international superstar Jake Paul as he takes on legendary UFC champ Anderson Silva at Desert Diamond Arena on Saturday, October 29th. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and for your chance to win. The Arizona Cardinals played Christian McCaffrey two weeks ago. Guess what? They get to face him now, potentially twice more. Great. That's next on Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Man, we got a lot on tonight. Uh, top of the fourth, Phillies are beating the Padres 1-0. Kyle Schwarber, solo home run in the first as it's Ranger Suarez versus Joe Musgrove, the matchup in this one. Series is tied 1-1, um, and the, the series obviously shifted back to Philly. So that's on right now, and you can hear that on ESPN 620. And then later on tonight, it's the Suns, and you'll hear that game right here on 98.7 in the Arizona Sports app. Suns taking on the Portland Trailblazers at 7 o'clock game, two of the season. Landry Shamit Gambo has already been ruled out. He won't play. Um, all eyes will be on the Suns to see how they follow up their season opening win and and I think one of the things we're all going to be watching for is Chris Paul. He was really bad on Wednesday night. He, he was one really basket. bad on Wednesday night. He had night. one basket. Yeah. And he didn't even play down the stretch. Monty usually brings him back in. to gives him a two, three minute rest. Brings him back in. Never brought him back in. Yeah. Never yeah. brought him back in. Wasn't playing very well. A lot of people were asking in that press box, is he cooked? Like, is this it? Yeah. They put a lot of, that Dallas puts a lot of pressure on him. Not everybody will put that same amount of pressure. If they do, then maybe. I mean, maybe. And, maybe. and it's, it's crazy to think that he may have gotten old right like just in in, in in a snap just like that he went from being great to being old like you almost can't believe that because it, it doesn't usually happen like that usually it's a gradual decline yeah and, and so it's it's uh, and I know you're not it's it's far too early to make any kind of definitive statements about that but certainly it's something I gotta keep an eye on and he I saw where he gave a quote to uh, Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central who travels with the team he's like look man I told Monty I'm I'm good you're for this is working without me keep keep what's working without me working don't worry about me don't feel like you have to put me back in the game. Campaign's doing great. Uh, Damian Lee's doing great. Don't worry about putting me back in. So that's also on tonight. And then, of course, no Cardinals this weekend. It's a, it's a, it's one of those kind of like almost off weekends where you can really watch whatever game. What are we gonna do? I, well, you got ASU Stanford, of which I just found out our producer Mitch is hopping on a flight tonight. Right? Are you going to the Bay Area tonight? He's yeah. fl- he's flying outside to go watch ASU Stanford tomorrow. No way. Yeah. Go you. My dad went to Stanford, so I got a bunch of family friends in the Palo Alto area. Oh, so they got some tickets to invite you to come? Yep. Solid. I hope they paid for your plane ticket. 
It's taken care of. Spared no okay, expense. Good. Oh, wow. There you go. Fancy. There you go. Fancy pants in there. Yeah, Flight my credit cards are not surviving the rest of this weekend. <laughs> well, yeah, no, you need to max those out. Uh, and then your Sunday NFL action. Not a ton of great games this weekend. Kansas City, San Francisco, probably the best game this weekend. Week. Yeah, well, yeah. It's it's. I mean, look, the the five and one Bills, the five and one Vikings, the six and zero oh Eagles, and the three and three Rams all have this week off. So there's not there's not a ton of great options out there in terms of games to watch this weekend. But Padres sure. just tied it up. Oh, they did. Look at that. They did. But uh, Jake Cronenworth, Cronenworth, weird play here. Kind of an infield. Fielder's choice kind of thing. Oh, no, he dropped it at second. Yeah, they Segura were trying to go for the force second, out at yeah. second, and, they, and Segura couldn't hang on to it. So one the umpire signaled out. Did he? No, well, they, they can't crazy. say he lost it in the transfer. He never had it. No. I'm looking at it right now. They can't say he lost it in the transfer. So that's what's on tonight and what's on this weekend. Of course, we'll be back on Monday. Um, Gambo's got some travels himself this weekend. So. Baseball tournament in Vegas. You're leaving right now, yeah, basically, right? right? right. So, yeah, really soon. Yeah. <laughs> like your bag is waiting Chelsea, by the front door and Chelsea all Chelsea and Q are already there. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. Yeah, so. I was supposed to have, I was going to take today off. And just go with my family, um, but because uh, you know they're already there, they've got a game tonight. Um, but I decided to just to just work after the Cardinals game to be here and then just go up later. Boy, look at you, employee of the month. I mean, I should be. It's yours. I mean, I really should be. If only I, mean, we I had gave a scheduled day off to be with my family right now, and I'm not. I'm yep. here. If only we gave away such awards, you would be. It's, I would nominate you. <laughs> Thank employee you. of the month. It's the problem with America. The work-life balance is terrible here. We, we all, everybody chooses work over everything else, <laughs> over life. Work over life in America. Everywhere else, I want to go to Europe. The, the work-life balance is much better. It's more life than work. Here, it's well, all the- work. Somebody the work-life balance is, is that is the when they give out life. perfect attendance awards in like grade school, then it becomes the idea of like if you don't show up, you're not doing your job, and that's kind of is that, maybe that's what it is. Stop giving them out. Start giving out awards for kids that you know just you know they they show up like ninety percent of the time. <laughs> But you know what's so funny about this conversation is that, I mean, you and I have been doing the show for 11, nearly 12 years now. You used to give me such crap for calling in sick. You used to give me the, the hardest time in the world for, for taking a day off because I wasn't feeling well. I, you would even joke that I'm off at the movies. Because you were. Okay, well, based <laughs> off of what? That, that's beside the point. That is not the point. Yeah, I was at the movies, but now I've got you in my line of thinking. Work-life balance, baby. Work-life balance. If it's that the means, problem with America. If that means taking a country. mental health day off to go to the movies instead of sitting next to you right. for four hours, you should be embracing that gambo. Yeah. Not giving me crap for it like you did all I those know. years. Well, I mean, when our boss is almost crying because, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't know it was a guy. Because he, he always got to prove my day off. He approved my day off, and then it's like, oh, I don't look. I'll just work, dude. I'll work. <laughs> I'll work. i work. Well, well i work because work-life balance, right? Work-life balance. Don't worry balance. about the life thing. Just worry about the work thing. I'll well, I'll get there eventually. Well, if you're going to work this weekend uh, doing what we do, you're having dinner on the strip right now. And oh, I'm oh, that's that's a, that's a shame. Nah, well, that's a shame. If you're going to be working this weekend, Suns basketball, but then that 49ers Chiefs game, that's probably the best of the bunch this weekend in the NFL. And of course, for the 49ers, don't think they're going to have Christian McCaffrey available in this game. Doesn't sound like it anyway. But the, right in the middle of Thursday night football, man, that news dropped. Adam Schefter breaking the news: the 49ers have acquired. 
Christian McCaffrey for a second, a third, and a fourth next year, a fifth the year after that. Screw them picks. The San Francisco 49ers are embracing the Rams philosophy. You know what? Who cares about picks? Let's just go get players now. It was a bold move last night by both of the teams for the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it gives them an, an incredible playmaker, and, and McCaffrey will go to a winning team and um, back to the Bay Area, right? Because he, he played at Stanford, so back to the Bay Area. He, he The biggest thing with him is just health, because when he's healthy, he's impossible to stop. He's a thousand-yard rusher and a thousand-yard receiver in the same season. He's done that. He's been good these last couple of games. He's healthy. He was the eighth pick overall in 2017. He's he's under a pretty reasonable contract for the next few years. You know, base salary of eleven million. You know, this year and next year, and I think it goes up to twelve, like in the final year. Uh, most of the salary's been paid this year. The base is very low. I think this is a smart move for the 49ers, but again, it does take them out. Give up a second, a third, a fourth, this next draft, and then a fifth to draft after that, it doesn't leave them with a whole... They've got very little picks for this 2023 draft. Yeah, it's uh, it certainly is. There's some risk involved given the player and how often he's been hurt, but if he's healthy, you would think that's going to pay off big time for San Francisco. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's the Burns and Gambo two-minute warning. Final thoughts on yesterday's Cardinals game. The two-minute warning and our final thoughts on the Cardinals' win over the Saints from last night. I'll start off this two-minute warning by pointing out to everybody just how close the Cardinals were to disaster. Yes, they won last night's game. And yes, they won it comfortably when it was all said and done. But if you want any proof of just how bad things would be had the Cardinals lost that game last night and just how on the edge they were going into last night's game, look no further than what's going on with the New Orleans Saints right now because they're the 2-5 and five team. They're the team now that is thinking, okay, let's look ahead to the draft. The problem for the New Orleans Saints, they traded their first round draft pick last year. They don't have one. The Eagles are undefeated. They're 6-0. and oh. They have the Saints' first round pick this year. So in New Orleans, they don't even have the benefit of looking forward to the draft. They don't even have the benefit of debating who they would take with the fifth pick or the fourth pick in the draft because it belongs to Philly. That's how close the Cardinals were last night to being that team, which is why in the moment they needed that as badly as they did. Gambo? I'm going to go with, with Cliff. Cliff. Cliff gets a little bit of reprieve here. The team won. They get to three and four. I think a loss would have spelled disaster for him. A little bit of a stay of execution. Some people may have called for his job. Maybe a lot of people if they would have lost that game. The offense did some good things. They scored more than 40 points for the first time since he got here. That broke a stretch of 11 games with 30 or fewer points. They did struggle a little bit, you know, on those the first drive or two. But then after that, they and they did come out after halftime, knowing three and out on three of the four, four possessions. But almost overall, they they were able to move the ball on some drives and and get some people involved and and get three touchdowns and do really well in the red zone. So for me, I'm going to look at Cliff Kingsbury and say that he he was able to, he was able to get a, a get a good offensive performance out of his team. That's our two minute warning. More of the Burns and Gambo show next. Burns and Gambo. 
Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns basketball coming up at 7 o'clock here on Arizona Sports. And looking up on my TV here, I see that the Philadelphia Phillies have a 3-1 to lead over the Padres in Game 3 of the NLCS in the top of the 5th. And I think it's John Bloom joins us here. Bloomer, there's only one thing to conclude. Mikel Bridges is going to have a 27.15 rebound night tonight because his fills are winning. Don't you think? Well, I mean, look, I, I didn't think he was half bad in the opener, even though they lost that day, right? He, he went out and That's had a double-double. That's true, uh, yeah. He was pretty efficient. I think he shot around 50%. He ended up with 11 rebounds. So, uh, And that was after a loss. So hopefully it doesn't matter what happens on the diamond, uh, and Mikel's just going to come out and do his thing. What I love that I am seeing, guys, is that uh, that offensive kind of expansion uh, of Mikel is, is coming to fruition. We talked about it and talked about it, but then to actually see it happen, and I'm talking about creating his own shot off the dribble. The slashing's always been there, but now be a little bit more selfish, and I think he's doing that. John Bloom from the Phoenix Suns broadcast team is our guest here on this bonus Burns and Gambo edition. As you can tell, he's obviously live in Portland right now, getting ready with the play call of tonight's game between the Suns and the Trailblazers game number two, and of course, Bloomer. Even on the nights where he's got to call the game, he's always nice to hop on with us for a few minutes to talk a little Suns basketball because I know Bloom loves to talk about Suns basketball. That was that was a fun opener on Wednesday, and I, I, I know we didn't have a show yesterday because of Cardinals pregame, so Gambo and I didn't have a ton of time to talk about it. That two-man game between Booker and Aiton in the fourth quarter was wicked, and it was awesome, and it was the future, and it was everything. Now, people talk about how this team is going to win basketball games when they don't have Chris Paul a couple years. Man, I look at that, and I think that might be how they win basketball games. Maybe not even then, but like now how they win basketball games, that was so good. Yeah, and Bernsey, it's not you know necessarily brand new because they have been doing it since DeAndre became a Phoenix Sun. I mean, Booker's been feeding him, but it's not uh, been winning games necessarily back then in 2018. It took a little while, uh, but you're right. I mean, look, these guys offensively are lethal, both of them. Uh, and so now uh, to maximize that is what Monty and his staff are, are kind of uh, trying to do as we look at DeAndre shooting his underhanded half-court shot here in uh, Rip City right now. I think it's uh, you know one of those deals where um, for those who have watched him and watched him work with Book, uh, you just want to see more and more of it, but you don't want to ignore the other guys on the floor because they can do some things too. So we get caught up, don't we? But you're right. When it came down to winning time, it was those two guys uh, just showing the Mavericks that you, you just don't have any answer for this and there goes D.A. swishing that underhanded granny half quarter. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's uh, – I think I'm excited to see it continue, Bernsey. I don't know if I would use the word uh, evolve, uh, but just continue to get sharper and sharper, and I think it's going to. Yeah, I, and I certainly – you're right. I'm not trying to suggest that we haven't seen it before and that it hasn't been a part of, of their repertoire. It was just – it was used to – such effect in that game on Wednesday. And Devin Booker in particular, I mean, look, there's we're past the point of being amazed at anything he does or being surprised at anything he does. But the precision in which he ran that fourth quarter with no Chris Paul was amazing. I mean, and again, we shouldn't be amazed by anything he does, but it was spectacular the way he was able to orchestrate everything that was going on on the floor to not have any turnovers 
in the fourth quarter, to have six assists, to have that crazy plus minus when the two of them are on the floor at the same time. I, I like I say, it's it's you're right, it's nothing new, but they ran it with such an efficiency on Wednesday. I was still amazed by it. Yeah, it's still remarkable. I mean, I don't want to take that away from from you or or it. I do think that it is remarkable because in a way, it almost seems like Book is now settled into his gaming chair, and he, and in the fourth quarter, yeah. he's just on the video game system, and he's got that game uh, down just like he's got it down in actuality on the basketball court, and that has been so much fun to watch because it didn't happen overnight. We saw it kind of starting to happen. We saw the game slowing down, and just a little while ago, talking to Chauncey Billups, that was what he pointed out with regards to Devin Booker's game. He said, look, he, he just looks like he has complete control. He's always been a deadly shooter and scorer, but now the game has slowed down, and he is able to create and make plays for everybody around him. I mean, how must how nice must it be for Damian Lee to go from getting the rock from Steph Curry to getting the rock from Devin Booker in crunch time? I mean, if you're ever going to get open looks, it's because you've got guys like that feeding it to you, and Book is now doing that uh, at, a, at a rate where you can put him in that conversation, and I think people know a heck of a lot more hoops than I do are. Yeah, I, I and I certainly, look, of the three additions they made this offseason, Damian Lee, and I'm not saying one game proves this right, and I'm not, but I'm not saying it's wrong either. Damian Lee was the one guy that I think I was the most excited about of the three, just because I, I thought there was sort of untapped potential there with him. I guess there is with the other guys too, but I thought there was also enough experience with what he had done with Golden State the last couple of years. Do, we, do you think we'll continue to see him in moments? I, I understand Cam Jones was out, but how much more time did that earn him with what he did on Wednesday? Oh, I think it earned the, you know, trust. That, that That's the word that really comes to mind for me. Trust of his teammates. You know, they probably trusted him anyway, knowing what you just said with his pedigree, being a warrior and all that. But it's one thing to be a warrior and to win the title with Steph and Clay and all those guys and to be married into the Curry family and all that stuff. It's one thing to know that from afar, but it's another thing to see a guy step up and clutch up like D. Lee did in the opener. You know, his first game wearing sun's duds and he does that that's a heck of a way to introduce yourself to your locker room to your fan base to your city all that but you know let's take a step back and say Damian Lee's not going to come out and be a dead-eye shooter every fourth quarter that he touches the floor and I don't expect him to necessarily be on the floor every crunch time I think Monty Williams is still figuring that out you know he doesn't have Landry Shamit right now you mentioned Cam Johnson was off the floor there's other factors and we're just going to have to figure it out but I'll tell you one thing it's not a bad way to start for Damian Lee, that is for sure. How much do you think, uh, John Bloom's joining us, Suns broadcaster, he's up there in Portland right now getting ready to call tonight's game here on Arizona Sports. So the Chris Paul game that he had on Wednesday, it, it, is, it, is it a matchup thing with Dallas? I mean, is that the extent of what we're talking about? How, how closely are you going to be watching him tonight to see how he responds to that performance? I am fascinated, Burns. You know, it's this year more than any, I think I've, and as a basketball fan for a long, long time, uh, I can never remember it being as much in vogue to talk about the rotations, the who's starting and who's finishing. You know, in, in L.A., they're talking about Kawhi sitting to start the game last night and then closing the game. Well, that's a strategy, right? You want to save him for the end if it's a close game. Uh, I get that. We're talking about Chris Paul starting, playing 30 minutes, not touching the floor down the stretch in crunch time where he's been an absolute virtuoso in his career. I don't know how to explain it, but I don't anticipate that that is a regularity, if that makes any sense, that they're going to decide not to play a guy who's arguably one of the best 
point guards to ever play the game. It's not even arguable. He's one of the best point guards to ever play the game. That you're going to sit him in crunch time. But, yeah, against the Mavericks, in that certain situation, that night with the way he happened to be feeling, or whatever way Monty happened to be feeling about the guys he had on the floor, that's why he went that route. And we will be paying attention. I know everybody is going to pay attention to see whether or not it's a trend. What's the crew saying about Cam Johnson and how he feels? And I guess to a certain extent, too, Devin Booker, he got a little dinged up in that game on Wednesday. Yeah, from what I understand, both guys full go, ready to ready to do it. Landry Shamit chomping at the bit, but he's not ready just yet. Hasn't been cleared, so he'll still miss tonight's game with the uh, hip strain. Okay, so no Landry, but Book and Cam are fine moving forward. Any, but anything else surprise you about those initial game one rotations that we saw? Um, I think Monty went deeper than he anticipated, and he hinted as much to me just a little while ago as a spoiler alert for our uh, pregame chat. But, yeah, I think he wasn't anticipating playing, as he said, 20 guys. That's the way it felt in the opener. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if Dario's ready yet for rotation minutes. I I thought he might be, considering his summer and offseason, but I guess maybe not. And uh, same thing, uh, I don't know how quick Bismack is going to jump off the bench either. I think he was planning on going to Jock Landale as a backup big, but he ended up going deeper in that because of that foul trouble, starting with D.A. picking up those three in the first half. Bloomer, we're looking forward to hearing you with the call coming up here on Arizona Sports. Thanks, as always, for joining us on Bonus Burns and Gambo. You know we appreciate it. Uh, always a pleasure, Burns. Have a great weekend. You too, my friend. John Bloom there from Portland. He'll be back in just a moment or two with pregame coverage for tonight's Suns preseason game. Go home. Go. Get the guy.